Today's pod is brought to you by Waterfront Comics, located at 609 Main Street, Sassoon City, California. Open every day from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. So if you're looking for a gift for an avid comic book reader or a collectible for a friend, come to Waterfront Comics. John is the guy to see. And if you can't come in person, no worries. Waterfront Comics does ship to home via their email, waterfrontcomics at gmail.com. Hey everybody, this is Nabil and Marco, and welcome to the Movie Pals Podcast. This is bonus episode number two, Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. We're going to be doing just a full-on review of this film, but before we get into that, I wanted to make a couple notes to you all. Unfortunately, our buddy and lead anchor here, James, is uh, not doing too well, so he's not going to be able to participate in this week's podcast. But we do have, in his stead, a wonderful new guest, uh, Sonny Garcia. Welcome. Hey guys. Hello, Sunny. And J- James is going to pull through, guys. Don't worry. Nabil made it seem like a big deal, like he ain't going to make it past this year. Right? He's he's, he's going to pull through. So, Sunny, why don't you uh, give yourself a little bit of an intro, share uh, a little bit about yourself with the group? Uh, sure. Uh, my name is Sunny. I'm a huge uh, comic book movie buff and a lover of all the Star Wars. Um, I have my own game rental company called the Big Anime Game Room. We host game rooms and tournaments at conventions and events throughout Northern California. Nice. How can someone find your game room, Sunny? You on social media? Yeah. Uh, on all social media platforms, you can uh, go ahead and look up at Teabagger Media. Nice. T-B-A-G-R Media. It's really fun. Awesome. Sounds pretty cool. Well, welcome to the pod, Sunny, and we're glad that you're here to join us. Thank you. For this very special episode of Star Wars. Yes. And so everybody knows, this is a straight spoiler episode. We are going to talk completely from the get-go, everything that happens in this movie. So if you haven't seen Rise of the Skywalker yet, we recommend you hold off on listening to this pod, go and watch it, then come, hear our thoughts. Hopefully you guys will also share and comment as well once you hear this podcast. Um, but we, again, big warning, it's all spoilers. We don't. Uh, we were just going to get right into it. It's an instinct. together we're not alone good people will fight if we lead them people keep telling me they know me no one does Taking one last look, sir, at my friends. So, Star Wars Episode 9, The Rise of the Skywalker. Little synopsis, basically, the surviving resistance faces the First Order once more in the final chapter of the Skywalker saga. Again, this film is uh, directed by J.J. Abrams, um, who also, of course, directed the first uh, Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens, uh, first part of the trilogy, also Star Trek Into Darkness, and uh, Mission Impossible 3, some of his more notable films, starring everybody who's ever been in Star Wars, <laughs> basically, is in this film. A um, <laughs> couple of new characters, but uh, we don't really need to, I think, go through the cast. So let's just get right into our thoughts here. And we'll start with uh, you, Marco. Yay or nay? What did you think about the film? What worked here? It's a yay for me. Yeah? Yeah. I went in with super low expectations too like if james were here he could attest to that i just wasn't really excited for the film specifically because of what had happened in the previous episode the last jedi despite the fact that that specific movie has grown on me to a point i just wasn't sure what they were going to do in this movie and what direction they were going to go obviously palpatine being announced And all the footage that they had been showing in the trailers kind of made me a little uneasy. It kind of felt like 
they were just trying to force people to to go see this movie and say, look, guys, we got it. We got this is going to be the grand finale. But I I went in and with low expectations and also an open mind. And I came out pleasantly surprised and really entertained. It, it Don't get me wrong. It's not a perfect movie by a long shot. And obviously there are reasons for that, whether, you know, some of us accept that and whether some of us don't, you know, it is what it is, but it, it worked for me. And I, I understand that it didn't work for some people. I totally do. Um, I've heard some of the, you know, the bad feedback about the movie and how it pretty much retcons a lot of the last Jedi and it feels more like a sequel to the force awakens than anything else. But Overall, like I said, it, it just worked for me. It had enough to to make me satisfied for what they had in this series. And there were a lot of different things that I enjoyed that made it a watchable movie. And I'll I'll get into that as we progress through this pod. But yeah, it's a, it's a yay for me. Sounds really cool. All right. What about uh, you, Sonny? What are your thoughts? Yay or nay? Uh, I thought it was yay. Uh, very similar to Marco. You know, I kind of went into it with low expectations. I wasn't really a huge fan of The Last Jedi. Um, but really, I was just gonna just, you know, go into it without, you know, having any type of pre- any preconceived notions of what I was expecting to see. Uh, really, I just want to have fun with it. You know, it's the end of the end of the saga. So I want to just have a, a good time. So um, visually, it's a really beautiful movie. Uh, I thought the fight scenes were really awesome. Um, the plot, you know, it's going to be messy, you know, it, coming from the, the Last Jedi and kind of built upon a full force awakens uh really didn't know where the the whole story was going but really you know you just go into it not really having any preconceived notions and just going with it yeah and um you know i will say i'm kind of in the same line as you guys i, I did like it so yay for me there's a lot of great action scenes in the film i thought that like you said sunny visually it was very appealing all the although just the landscapes where the settings that they were at and the colors that they've used all very bright and vivid um it's just very in that sense very star wars-esque but i did have some issues with some of the plot that they were trying to put together the the fact that they don't really tie in together and i felt that a lot of the mysticism from the earlier star wars films especially the original trilogy kind of you know this trilogy especially didn't really have that going although it tried and this last film really didn't build that kind of lore that and or built lore but didn't really build that sense of you know wonder that the uh, original films had so i'm just still processing it i think but i did enjoy it i thought it was worth a watch okay so let's uh, talk about the thought our thoughts on where everybody ends up of course we're really focused on the core characters here We've got ray kylo ren or ben solo uh, finn and poe and they all have their kind of special arcs in here. Some of them had had a kind of closure. The other ones, you know, we got to learn a bit more about their backstory. Marco, what were your thoughts on Ray and Kylo Ren? I was satisfied with where they ended up at the end with Ray taking on the Skywalker name and Kylo changing back into Ben and in in a way atoning for all the evil he had done i it wasn't as smooth or as perfect though it felt more like they were just trying to appease certain decisions that they did in the last jedi i know that ryan johnson kind of threw a wrench into the gears of this machine by saying you know ray doesn't matter even though they clued her as being part of a lineage in The Force Awakens, that, you know, she was basically just somebody that was caught up in the mix of all this. And then for that to sort of get retconned in a way and her to be a Palpatine in the end, although it worked, it just didn't feel like it was the original plan at, at all. Or maybe it was, and maybe Ryan Johnson said, no, let's go a different route. And then JJ came around and just veered us right back to where he wanted to go. Cause apparently the talk is that this was all in the part of the plan to begin with, but it doesn't feel that way as far as, Oh really? Yeah. As far as Ben goes, it, I think the movie did a good job at making it feel earned. They did a lot of flashbacks and a lot of exposition via dialogue to sort of help 
him earn that redemption. I think that it could have been handled better. And I feel like a lot of what they did with Kylo Ren could have been done not just in The Rise of Skywalker, but in two full movies. And it feels a lot of his struggle between the light and the dark was going to get touched upon, you know, in the middle movie. But Ryan Johnson made him just go full dark in The Last Jedi. And he it seemed more like he was going to be the main big bad in the third one. And again, because of knee-jerk reactions to the way The Last Jedi left it off, I, I felt like they switched that around. Finn, I know they sort of clued in that he was Force-sensitive in The Force Awakens, but it never really explored anything. They Even in the, in the marketing, you'd see him you know, wielding the lightsaber. They'd sold his action figure holding the lightsaber. And then the sort of pseudo twist in the movie is that no, Ray is the force sensitive one and she's the one that's going to be trained to be a Jedi. And it, it felt like that whole bait and switch was sort of answered in The Rise of Skywalker. It worked for me because it doesn't necessarily mean that Finn is a Jedi. It just means that he is a force sensitive like Maz Kanata or, or like right. some of the other force sensitives within the Star Wars universe. And, and I, I like that. It just felt that he was in tune with, with the force, which I appreciated. Poe, I mean, man, he he sort of was just like the wedge in in the series. He really had no arc, I guess. He didn't really feel like a leader in the third one. It it seemed like in the Last Jedi they were trying to build him up to be a leader, but it didn't really work that way. He sort of just seemed like one of the regular guys in the Force Awakens. I mean, in the Rise of Skywalker. Excuse me. And I didn't really feel a sense of leadership, even at the, I felt more leadership from Lando Calrissian. How about that? Like, even when Lando was saying, you're going to take over the, re- the the reins, kid, it just, it didn't, it didn't feel right. I think his was the only arc that I just didn't buy. It's okay. I'm like, I accept it. That's fine. You know, there was a lot thrown into this movie, but I just don't think that it was as strong as any of you, as anybody else is. I don't know. But uh, what do you think, Sonny? Um, so overall, about the some of the core characters, I mean, for Ray, you know, we kind of see where she ends up. Uh, you know, she's the last of the Palpatine. She takes the Skywalker name. Uh, she's the last of the Jedi. So I'm kind of curious on where her story goes. Uh, you know, is she going to be training a new uh, Jedi Order? You know, how is that going to be established? You know, I'm very curious to see where her story goes and if they ended up building upon it. Were you satisfied that she was a Palpatine? Was that OK with you? Or do you think that that was something they threw in there? I felt like they built up a little bit of that in The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi kind of, again, kind of threw a wrench in it. And the third uh, installment, they really just wanted to stick to the guns. You know, it might not be super satisfying. It was the reveal wasn't as impactful as everyone was kind of expecting it to be. I mean, right. the speculation on who her who her parents were and who were um, it was, you know, for years. It was super guessed upon with The Force Awakens, too. Like a lot of people said she's probably a Palpatine. And it just seemed like they appeased that that tease that that rumor going around. I I, I kind of really? yeah I kind of like that they left her parents kind of I, to a point they were nobodies I mean I guess Palpatine had a son right but I it it still feels retcon but it worked for me I don't know and then uh for for Kylo and I mean every scene with Adam Driver is just hit on hit on for me um I love his character uh, the arc of the fallen the conflicted and the redeemed has this whole return to the light was like a collective effort from like Leia Han Luke. Uh, Ray, I mean, the whole uh, combination of that was really awesome. Um, we got a little taste of Ben Skywalker before he died, but I would have really liked to see where his character would have gone. Um, although I was super sad he died, it would be kind of problematic if he were to survive. You know, he did—he's like a mass murderer. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I agree. Some people had an issue with the fact that he died. I guess it was—it was leaked that he was going to die. Some people said that they were not prepared for that to happen at all. But it's like you said, Sonny, he did so much evil shit. The movie opens with him slaughtering like a whole bunch of villagers on a planet just to get the freaking the wayfinder. And it's like, oh, OK, is this guy supposed to turn good now? I mean, he I mean, he killed his own dad. So, I mean, yeah, although he gets redeemed, he has to like atone for it somehow. He has to pay the price, so to speak. Not that I wanted to die, but I mean, he needed to die. Right. And it's in the same guise as um, just like his father or well, his grandfather, I should say, you know, Darth Vader and how he died where he's he had done such horrible things and um, had his at the end had his bit of redemption there. 
So I think that I agree with with you, Sonny. I do like where uh, Kylo Ren and his his transformation back into Ben Solo, how that happened. I, I like that there was, I think that was the strongest arc of the film, of the whole trilogy, was uh, Ray and Kylo Ren and their chemistry together. And I do like that they kind of tied in that bond that they had from The Last Jedi, even though it was technically con- connected by Snoke, that they were able to get a, uh, that carried over into the other film and still show that they've got some kind of bond and it wasn't just manipulation by, you know, some other third party. So I think that that really helped to show their closeness and their relation, even though Ray's kind of background as being a Palpatine, I, I do think it was kind of a little, little cheap. I mean, I, it works, I guess what they're doing. It would have been nice if they hinted at it a little bit, but it was kind of, I see if you were just watching this film for what it was, it did seem kind of a, a bit left field. Uh, what about on on your uh, side too, Sunny? What did you think about Finn and Poe and what their you know their arcs were in, in this film? Now, Finn has always been like a tough one for me. You know, I loved his Genesis story. You know, you've stolen away at a young age. Uh, he was like a, a stormtrooper defector, and you know, really the first two installments, you know, he's really trying to find his place in the galaxy. You know, he had a hard time, you know, buying into the mm-hmm. resistance. And you really didn't know if he was going to be committing or not. You know, he was really uh, mainly concerned with himself and and Ray, and initially, and then through the Last Jedi, he starts stepping up to become part of the team. I felt like it was kind of a missed opportunity, though, because you know, we, with the introduction of is it Janna, um, I wish they would have done more with the First Order. Yeah. Maybe being like an integral piece of starting like a revolution within their ranks. Uh, just felt like we were supposed to feel sympathy for the Force Order Stormtroopers, but, like, it's so harsh, harshly, like, contrasted with them, like, mercilessly, like, killing them. Uh, so it was kind of hard to, like, really kind of see where they were going with it. It's kind of hinted throughout the series that he's actually Force-sensitive, and I think, actually, JJ confirmed it on uh, Twitter, or uh, I think an interview recently. So maybe, you know, seeing him eventually become a Jedi Knight under Rey's new Jedi Order or something, but... Um, I do feel like, you know, he could have had a more integral part in, you know, starting a revolution within the Force Order. Sure. And, you know, I I, I see what your point is about, like, Jenna and, and introducing the characters in that sense of, of showing another fellow Stormtrooper that may have defected from it. And there's a whole bunch of them. And it's not just Finn by himself. I think that the whole thing that JJ maybe was trying to do was try to illustrate the change and saying that there there's always hope um, in a sense of if you look... You know, Poe was a former uh, was a spice smuggler or something like that, um, and he turned into the to work with the Resistance and a change. And then you have Finn the same way as a former stormtrooper. You have Ben Solo or, or Kylo Ren who was good and went bad and redeemed himself at the end. So there's a lot of changes in in the sense that there's always time for change. I think is is what the big theme was, and that you know there is no set destiny. Which is kind of like what the whole thing about Star Wars is, right? Like there's an arc of this is your destiny, but obviously that can be changed. Um, at least that's what I kind of uh, gathered from from what I was seeing on the character and, scrolls. And I, I agree with that, Nabil, and I also agree with what Sonny was saying. Um, that it, it made sense that these people came from, you know, bad situations and ended up turning around. I just, I kind of like what Sonny was, was saying, echoing what he was saying about the whole Stormtroopers thing defecting like i i bought it but it did feel kind of cheaply thrown in there like they could have gone deeper into that but i don't know maybe they're leaving it open for like comics or novelization to go into that and stuff because that seems to be big with this series however it still works for me because like what you were saying about uh ray and ben solo like this really only mattered for their arcs like their arcs were the two most important ones and if the other ones were kind of sloppy then so be it. They could fix that by, you know, retconning some stuff via comic books or TV shows or something. Because even in the original trilogies, like the two arcs that mattered the most were Luke's and Darth Vader's at the end of the day. Like Han Solo, you know, had an arc in there somewhere too, but no one really cared about it. Same with Leia, same with Chewie. Like they were kind of in the background and really a lot of that lore was established with like expanded universe type stuff. So it, it still kind of worked for me. Now, uh, Sonny or Marco, what do you, what do you guys think about Poe and kind of what they tried to do. They gave him a lot more story in this film than they did in the first two. 
as far as like participation, he wasn't just, especially compared to the last Jedi where he has a lot more to do here. And they even tried to give him a bit of a backstory with, uh, what's her name? Zori bliss, Carrie Russell's character. What did, what did you kind of think about that? Did that work for you? Did that make him feel more fleshed out in a sense? Um, so, I mean, I love me some Poe. Uh, I, his character had some like personality <laughs> changes through the series. Uh, I think going into Force Awakens, you know, he's like the hotshot. Uh, he could Poe me anytime. <laughs> in The Last Jedi, they kind of, you know, kind of made him go off the, the deep end a little bit in terms of his judgments and uh, right. not really worrying about the like, casualties of, of, of war. I think going into The Rise of Skywalker and following The Last Jedi, he was trying to build up to be this new head of the resistance but you know going into this film he kind of just became this a regular regular soldier again like he was in the front lines you know leading his squadron or whatnot but not really taking a a leadership role in the the entire resistance and i felt like you know leia was still around i guess rose was a generalish kind of uh position yeah she's around and i felt like they did more (laughs) in terms of like coordinating the entire resistance and he was off on you know these random adventures uh you know which were important obviously but i felt like in terms of where his character was going it kind of um defeated that purpose i i agree i agree with that because it kind of going into like what i mentioned earlier that it didn't feel like he had the leadership role he was supposed to have or like they were building him building him up to have like you said Sonny and I mean I know I keep comparing these to like the original trilogy and to some of the previous movies but these these movies are supposed to work like poetry according to Lucas you know I know he doesn't own the property anymore but they're supposed to like echo each other and even in the original trilogy like Han was a general. You saw him like lead and be a leader in Return of the Jedi. His plans were batshit insane, but you know, he was still giving it a shot. And Poe, like Sonny said, in echoing what he said, he's just sort of a soldier. He was just there. He didn't really, like I said, Lando felt more like a leader than, than Poe did. And, and maybe what they were trying to do is Lando kind of holding his hand up until the end, but it just, it didn't really like feel earned to me if that if that makes sense no it does i i can i get that point well also just speaking about the original trilogy and the original characters leia is someone we haven't mentioned yet of course uh carrie fisher passed away and, and keep me honest i think it was early 2017 might have been into 2016 that she passed away uh, after they finished wrapping on uh, last jedi and so they have a lot of archive footage that they try to put into this film what, how did you think they handled her arc? I know she was going to be a bigger part of the story, but really they didn't have enough footage to, to put her in to make that happen. So um, what were your thoughts on how they handled that character and and her, her send-off? I think they handled it well for what they had, for what they were going to. And it's like you said, Nabil, they were going to make her a, a big part in The Rise of Skywalker. Han was supposed to have... The Force Awakens, Luke was supposed to have The Last Jedi, but, you know, we all know how that went. And then she was supposed to have the third movie. And I think they did it justice just simply by inserting her her background story with Luke in that little flashback scene, which was a really nice surprise. Like, I was just legitimately yeah. juiced with that. I didn't know that they were going to have that in there. And it it worked for me because I know they said they weren't going to do any CGI. They weren't going to, you know, do anything, quote unquote, disrespectful to Carrie Fisher because like her family didn't sign off on that. They were just going to use old footage. So it was nice to kind of see her training with Luke and kind of show to the vast audience that probably isn't familiar with the fact that she is force sensitive, despite the fact that they've probably seen Return of the Jedi. It, it made it it made it feel earned it made it feel like her connection to the force was really strong and that she was a prominent player in this and so i think that it it worked for me with what they had uh, obviously i give it a slight pass because of the fact that you know carrie fisher our princess is gone she you know she's in the heavens now so you know they did what they had what they could with what they had what do you think sunny uh, kind of agree. I felt like the the footage that they still had of her was like eerily like relative to what the movie was about. Yeah, I thought that was weird too. Uh, they they did a really good job of creating the the set and the 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 characters who she's interacting with work around that footage yeah. instead of like 
implanting her in like an existing scene, uh, which I felt really good, uh, good job. Um, the flashback was awesome. You know, having to see that, you know, she has some type of Jedi training. I felt like her, her, her stunt in the last Jedi, you know, her Mary Poppins flying through space. Um, I felt a little, a little bit more, you know, believable, you know, yeah. she had some type of training. She wasn't just, you know, <laughs> acting out of some out of instinct. Right. Yeah. Right. So. Even, like it can happen, but I think like you and I were discussing it in the car too, sending on the way here that it just felt like they were like her, her just chilling out in space way too long. Just didn't seem that right. But seeing now with the rise of Skywalker, just how strong the force she was, it made it more believable. Cause it's like, dude, no one could survive in space that long. Sorry. <laughs> I don't care how strong you are at the force. Um, I did like how she was really important in terms of uh, redeeming Ben. Yeah. You know, Ray and, and Ben had a really, you know, unique relationship. But it felt like Leia and Han were super important in terms of redeeming uh, Ben and having uh, that type of role in redeeming him. Like she like basically like sacrificed her own life to bring him back, and I thought that was really important. It's a really good scene too, especially if if you notice that she was actually holding Han's medal from A New Hope, and I think that that little small detail makes that scene just slightly more powerful and not just like a throwaway. That, oh, they're doing this because, you know, Carrie Fisher passed away, so they have to end Leia's character. But it just made that scene that much more impactful, I think. So, yeah, I agree, Sonny. I like that. Yeah, I think Leia was, for the most part, really well put together in the film. Like like Sonny said, it was kind of eerie how the scenes that she had kind of fit in with, with the film itself. And um, my questions on what, what archive footage she really had that made that work. It, it does upset me a little bit that I felt that I got a lot of the emotion in this film from Leia's scenes more than everyone else. I think that there's definitely, you know, growth in each film, each character, but it just feels like Leia was really kind of bringing in that emotion. And, you know, that's saying a lot for Carrie Fisher and and how she she was in, in the other films. But I do think that the connection that she tried to make with Ben and or Kylo Ren and essentially bringing Ben back, was really strong. It would have probably been to me more powerful. I like that they had Harrison Ford there, but I think it would have been more powerful if he actually finally was able to see his mom, Leia, and and had some kind of connection in that sense. And then maybe a memory of Han Solo. But of course, they didn't have the footage to show that. So it's not like, you know, that's something that could have happened. Uh, but I, I, I did also enjoy what they did with Leia. I think they did their character pretty well as a good send off overall. Okay, so let's talk about the other side of this film which is the sith connection or as they say the dark side of the film Ooh, nabil you're scaring me <laughs> uh, so this whole connection of palpatine being back and emperor snoke it looks like the connection of snoke and palpatine was that snoke was just a clone being manipulated by the emperor is that how we're uh, understanding this. I'm not sure if that they, they show that kind of an opening scene. What were your guys' thoughts? Of no, 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 Bill, that was that. part of the plan the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> was Disney it? says it was part of the plan. So it was part of the plan. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, apparently it again, <laughs> we will never know if that is the truth or not, or maybe may, give it six months to a year. And maybe they will say it was never part of the plan. Oh, they just had a knee jerk reaction to Snoke dying. And I don't know how I feel about that. It worked. It did work because in, in a, it, 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 how is he in, manipulating in, a clone? In a way, I, I mean, they have the throwaway line. The dark side is a path to many abilities. Some consider un, to be unnatural. They, they have shown that they can use, and this is just in the expanded universe. So I'm just speculating here. So it depends if whether or not, you want to speculate or not, they can imbue their spirit into objects. Actually, that is canon. It's been in the books and also in the comics. But to a, a regular viewer, they're not going to get that. So I, I understand how some people may not buy it. But I think that he he's powerful enough to where that could be, where he could be controlling Snoke and manipulating his mind, similar to the way he supposedly manipulated the Jedi in the prequel trilogy. He shrouded them with the dark side. So it kind of worked and it connects it to the prequel trilogy. Because if he was powerful enough to manipulate the High Council of the Jedi, which is filled with powerful masters like Mace Windu and Yoda and Obi-Wan Kenobi, then he should be able to control like 
a, a, a clone, like a force sensitive clone, or who knows if he was force sensitive originally or not. So I, I could see that based on the fact that there is some lore that establishes that establishes that. And actually watching the, the movies one through nine in this case in sequential order kind of helped me like believe that. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, I can under, I can understand how they connect this to like the prequels and even the original trilogy, how he was manipulating Vader the whole time. So it, it loosely worked for me. I don't know if that worked for Sonny or not. No, well, I was going to say too, and Sonny, maybe you can even share your thoughts on it, but based off of what Marco's saying, it's if, if Palpatine is strong enough to manipulate Snoke, it's his, and Snoke was manipulating and forming the bond of Kylo Ren and, and Ray, like, how integral was Palpatine and like, I guess, pulling the strings and everything that was coming to fruition? Like the guy's got a plan for everything. He's basically like got a plan for everything here. As it seems kind of odd that the guy can been a master of the force. And why doesn't he even need a body at, at this point? Uh, so, I mean, I had a lot of issues with a lot of the Sith connections or dark side elements to the film. Some things that I thought were just figures of speech end up being very literal. <laughs> Uh, so when they said that Snoke or uh, Snoke was like more like a puppet to Palpatine, I I took it at face value. Maybe he was a clone um, that the Palpatine was acting through. I was thinking maybe he could have actually existed at one point. You know, had you know some type of presence in the unknown regions, and Palpatine may have like sought him out, k- killed him, consumed him, whatnot, and mm-hmm. maybe used yep. him as an identity to be able to enact his will throughout the galaxy without declaring himself uh, as being alive and returning. So I could see that. I, I definitely can see that, that it, it could have been that he was trying to find someone. I mean, in the rise of Skywalker, he was trying to find someone to imbue his body into, whether it be, you know, Ben Solo or, right. or Ray, it could be that that was, that's what Snoke was originally going to be used for, but because he was a clone, that it wouldn't be able to sustain his dark side spirit, so to speak. So he would need like an actual being powerful enough in the force to enable in, in order to absorb all that dark side energy. So I can see that. Yeah. I mean, I, I liked that, you know, they, they tried to, to find a way to make that, all that work. There's a lot of, there's a lot of questions that I have on it, but I will say that the one thing I didn't like was that if they had Palpatine, then they should be using him like, Kind of like how Vader and Palpatine were using Luke in Return of the Jedi in the sense of maybe instead of them hunting for a Wayfinder, Palpatine would have been guiding Rey and, you know, being the little voice in her head to try to get her to where she needs to go as part of the whole, you know, this is my plan. This is me talking to you. I was trying to bring you together in in, in the more Snoke fashion, especially where it comes to the end where he is really revealing that he had he has his followers and he had been building this all the time. So... I don't know uh, how I felt about just that whole reveal. Uh, Nabil, I I think you're talking about the episode eight that we never got there. I think that's what you were describing right there. Yeah, (laughs) basically. Yeah, (laughs) just seems kind of weird. But speaking of another maybe different shift on, you know, taking back from The Force Awakens to, to now, what, what did you guys think about the Knights of Ren? You know, they, they actually had an appearance here. They were kind of part of the film. There was a sort of battle with them. What did you, what did you think about their actual use and intro into, you know, the actual movie now finally being seen instead of just a visionary or, or instead of just a flashback? Uh, I think it was bullshit. <laughs> they were a fucking throwaway. <laughs> Build up for nothing. I, yeah. I had so much high hopes for the Knights of Red. They were talked about in The Force Awakens. They were completely ignored in The Last Jedi, and there was talks that, no, they're coming back. You'll see. They're gonna be they're gonna be a force to be reckoned with. They had one lousy, choppy battle with Kylo Ren. I'm sorry, Ben Solo at this point in the movie at the end. And it was just bad like the praetorian guards in the last jedi were more of a menace than this that is one thing i would definitely give ryan johnson credit for i'm like man at least he made those guys fucking do something like they were an actual threat these guys were just a fucking throwaway when i was i was telling sunny in the car when they were capturing chewbacca you think that they would have showed that and they would have shown their strength by them like taking down a veteran wookiee 
that survived the Clone Wars and that survived the Rebellion and is now like a fighter in this, that would have been like, oh shit, man, these guys are for real. And that would have made the battle with Ben Solo at the end a little bit more impactful, but it wasn't. And they could have fit it in there. They definitely could. Just take away one of the jokes or one of the quips in the freaking uh, like movie and boom, you got a quick one, two, three. They take down the Wookiee. They're a menace. That's all they had to do, but they didn't. That's my thoughts on that. Uh, completely agree. <laughs> uh, they were useless. <laughs> uh, really, when when you have these characters and they serve absolutely zero to the plot, I just think that they're just you know, opportunities for action figures. <laughs> that's that's actually a very good point that you put there, uh, Sonny. That yeah, it's it's they were the porgs of I guess. this movie. That's what they were. <laughs> yeah, and I I do think that there could have been you know that last scene could have been longer with them and Ben Solo instead of. You know, Ben getting the uh, lightsaber finally and and basically just kicking their ass at that point. They could have had a confrontation with Poe uh, when they were on that planet trying to figure out how to get find the Wayfinder. That would have been nice to see some kind of a, a little bit of interaction, but definitely think that it's a, a throwaway uh, use of them and that it was a really wasted opportunity. So with that, we've talked a lot about the film, a lot going on. What do you guys think of the overall ending? Was it was it satisfying to you? Do you feel like this was a good conclusion to the nine epic film saga? I think that it's a satisfying ending to a point. <sighs> I'm giving the movie a lot of slack. I know I'm sounding like a freaking super fanboy here, but it, it's, it's the ending. It's the only ending, maybe not the only ending, but I mean, what else could they have done? I don't think there's a satisfying ending for the series. I think it was doomed to fail from the start because of the fact that they had no plan whatsoever, nothing to, to, to execute, any goals from like they just sort of went in blind and said we're going to do this this and this we're going to grab these directors we're going to throw them in the ring and they're just going to have to figure it out it's like even the originals had at least an outline and the prequels had an outline they didn't even have that supposedly jj abrams had one i don't know if he's talking out of his ass or not for some reason or another they decided not to use all of it for what we had. I think it works. I think they, they did their best at, at taking, you know, a giant mess and giving it some sort of ending that will finally put this saga to rest so they can focus on something new. There was a lot of things that I liked about the, the grand finale. I, I liked the action sequences were good. I think they went ham on the whole battle sequence at the end, like that, that whole scene when Lando comes in, just like Falcon at the end of uh, Endgame says on your left. Oh wait, sorry, wrong movie. And um, and he comes in with all these <laughs> fucking ships. I thought that was freaking fantastic. And you you just can't count them all. You just can't see them all. There were cameos from ships from across all the freaking lore from the Clone Wars, Rebels, the previous movies, uh, including the stories. I thought that was really freaking awesome. And I don't know if we're gonna talk about this later or not. But also at the at the very end when ray is battling palpatine and she's like getting you know owned by his lightning i thought it was really awesome when you get to hear all those cameos all those voices all that payoff from being with the series from the very beginning from reading all the side stories from watching the tv shows from watching the stories and hearing all those cameos like kanan jarrus from rebels ahsoka from clone wars uh mace windu comes back Fucking Anakin Skywalker come back. They got Hayden Christensen to come back as a cameo. And I thought that that was well earned. Did I want them to make a Force Ghost appearance? Absolutely. But who knows? Maybe they couldn't get them a location. Maybe they ran out of budget. I don't know. They wanted to waste more time with the Knights of Ren for some fucking reason. But it, it worked for me. And I think that that Ray at the end, in a way, I, I don't know if literally she's taken on the name of Skywalker. Or maybe it could be a, a new title as well, similar to the Knights of Ren, who had their title at the end of their name. Who knows? It could be like a new type of Jedi that arose at the very end. And for me, that kind of works. It wasn't a smooth ride. It was rocky, but we got there and it worked for me. <laughs> yeah, it was a it was definitely a bumpy road. What, what about you, Sonny? What what are your thoughts on on this whole set? I don't even know what to call it, this anthology of films. Building off of the, the Last Jedi, you know, I thought that JJ really had his work cut out for him. The community was very divided 
uh, in terms of the direction that the series was going. And I thought the conclusion was fine. Like there's obviously going to be some messy plot, some elements that you may not uh, be fully, uh, it may not be fully explored. A lot of lingering questions that we may never have the answer to or may require, you know, 10 novels to go into. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like JJ really listened to the the grievances that the, the, the community had against The Last Jedi, almost like a checklist of like all the things that they didn't like. And he tried to, if he couldn't, retcon or fix them he at least tried to address them and try to make them make sense of it in the product ended up being something that i feel like no one will necessarily love but no one necessarily will really hate it was kind of middle of the road he was trying to appease the community the best way they can there were some sacrifices i mean i think the biggest um the loser of the star wars saga is rose um there was a lot of fan (laughs) backlash against her character and you know she was set up in in the second one to be you know part of the main core cast what happened in this one she was sidelined to being a background character and i just felt like i kind of felt personally bad i felt really guilty because i felt like you know i didn't like her character when she was first introduced her arc with with finn that really awkward kiss at the end like i was just i was totally just turned off of the character and then but to see her totally be removed from the whole narrative just felt really disrespectful like you're you'll this is the cards you're dealt with like try to end it in in a in a more satisfactory way but like don't just act like the character never existed yeah use what you got and no no shame or 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 shade towards Kelly Marie Tran she's a really cool person just tried her best to survive all the backlash and everything like that I I just think that the character she played I think was done a disservice similar to what Sonny just said I agree with everything he said and could have been done better but you know it is it is what it is yeah uh and I you know I I agree with both of you guys on, on a lot of fronts I will just add one thing about the overall series and that the film this whole nine set of films are supposed to be about the Skywalker and it's a Skywalker saga um, I mean a it's lot not of films the Star Wars of the Skywalker right <laughs> and it's not the Star Wars it's the Skywalker and <laughs> and you know from from seeing Anakin turning into Darth Vader and then Luke trying to become a Jedi and redeeming Darth Vader and then Ben Solo Kylo Ren also a Skywalker trying to be like his grandfather and then at the end redeeming himself I think you look at it and there, there's a whole thing about the Jedi saying that Anakin was supposed to be the chosen one to bring balance to the force. But I'm the way I've, I'm seeing how this ended, I'm thinking it's more like a Skywalker was supposed to bring balance to the force. And Rey was that Skywalker, even though she was a Palpatine. Because at the end, as you know, you, you guys were bringing up, that she, she goes in, buries the lightsabers, makes peace with or gives a... Luke and Leia Peace and, and their final resting place uh, and adapts the name as a Skywalker because she does see them more as family and feels that she's a part of it. And so maybe that she really is the one that was there to bring balance to that force. She got rid of, the, I mean, essentially ended the the legacy of the Sith right there on that planet or whatever connection there was. And there is technically no Jedi because she's not really a Jedi per se either. Uh, so I think that she was really that balance and, and helped and at least for the overarching story was was the end of of this whole saga and that i think helped close it up a bit there's definitely a lot of faults in this new trilogy that that takes away from the whole idea of, of what star wars was at least from the earlier uh, films but i think that that portion that character growth really did help clean up the skywalker saga and really finally end it i think to a satisfying way i i just want to say i i, I agree with what you said i can see that definitely I, I also think I, I kind of interpret it to where whenever one side of the force gets extremely too powerful, another side comes in to balance it out as well. And that there's always a quote unquote chosen one to bring balance to the force, whether it be Anakin Skywalker, Luke Skywalker, or in this point, Ray Skywalker to essentially not let the other side overpower the other so that's that's kind of how I interpret it, and it's you know I know that's a loose interpretation, but that's that's kind of how I see it. It sort of still fulfills the prophecy of the chosen one because even Anakin at the end in his quote he says bring balance like I did, and I think to me what that says is that 
Ray is a chosen one like he was once. There's just someone who the force by some means or another anoints as a chosen one. And you can even look at to what Snoke says that as darkness rises, so does the light in the force awakens when he says that, or was it the last Jedi? One of those fucking movies. Yeah, he says right. it. That's just how I kind of see it. That for me, that's how it's interpreted. And I, I think it could be maybe open to interpretation for anybody up until they release some sort of freaking 10 issue comic book or novel series. Like Sonny was saying, that'll fully explain everything. Yeah. And that's a, it's a good summary of, of, you know this whole anthology let's let so let's ask sunny what you have any closing thoughts on this are you looking forward to any future star wars maybe the new ryan johnson films or the you know, any new tv shows like the mandalorian or anything what are your closing thoughts on on this and the future of star wars um honestly it was just a lesson to disney that they need to have like a roadmap for their cinematic universe you know the star wars story group works closely with the uh, star wars shows and the novels and all the other media for Star Wars, uh, the movies don't have that. And I feel like, you know, that the directors want to have, you know, ultimate control, but you need someone there to have oversight. And that's mm-hmm. why I like the shows like Mandalorian. They're just so tightly weaved with all of the existing lore that's out there. And the movies need to have that as well. And having somebody at the helm like Faye or Filoni or somebody involved to oversee the entire vision of where, it's going because this situation we shouldn't be in this ever again. <laughs> Hashtag Kathleen Kennedy got to go. Yes. And to echo what Sunny was saying, I agree wholeheartedly. They need a roadmap. They need a guide and let the directors work freely within that guide and say, don't step outside these lines. That's where your limit ends. Anything between here, feel free to do what you, what you want. So long as it works with our, cohesive story also want to say babu frick in the rise of skywalker that little freaking guy that was fixing c-3po definitely worth it to see it for that guy he sounds drunk every time every time he talks he sounds super fucking drunk and i'm like i love this guy i don't know why but i like babu frick anyway i just wanted to mention that baby yoda who (laughs) exactly (laughs) babu frick yeah and i think uh that the stories there's a lot of stories to tell. I mean, there's so much out there already. Uh, and with all the legacy being wiped out, there's so much to pull from still to, to make a new. The idea of seeing new movies, I'm very interested in. I'm kind of happy that we're moving on from this saga and that I hope that we get to learn more about the Jedi and the Sith in a different way, just like the shows do, like uh, Star Wars Rebels and Clone Wars. They kind of dipped into a lot of different aspects of what the Force is and and. I'd like to see that on a big screen, and that's kind of what I'm hoping for. But uh, there's there's so much potential. I just hope that they don't try to rehash like the not saying that they were terrible movies, but rehashing on like Solo and Rogue One and trying to tell the stories that sometimes are just to me better left untold. The story, the movies were great, and it's not that I didn't enjoy them, but there's so much more that they can t- pull from. We don't necessarily need to pull from stuff that oh, characters that are in the past or some other events. Let's See, it's a big galaxy. There's so much more to see. And they don't have to be trilogies either. Do standalone films. No. Just yeah. just focus on that for a little bit before you do another big trilogy or saga. Yep. Agreed. Okay, guys. So I have one more closing thought to share. Uh, James was wanted to make sure he, he had his voice heard on here. Of course, this is very... Uh, big part of his 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 uh, life his childhood so we want to make sure we, we share his opinion on this yes so we're here representing james for him so i'm gonna not do an impression of james on this and i will just stay <laughs> no no please do i, I want to hear this because <laughs> it would be terrible <laughs> um but i will say what he always says which is hey everyone sorry i couldn't record today i ended up catching a bit of a nasty cold but i'll be sure to be back by the next podcast As a fan of Star Wars since I was a young kid, I found this new overall trilogy to be disappointing. The Rise of Skywalker was no exception, and while I enjoyed that it had more of a Star Wars feel than The Last Jedi, unfortunately it was a bit of a mess plot-wise, and it almost seemed as if Episode 7, 8, and 9 were written one by one and not laid out ahead of time. Episode 9 felt like it had moments that should have been in Episode 8, example like the Knights of Ren, the three core characters finally going on an adventure together stuff like that, but J.J. seemed like he was trying to please everyone and cram as much as they could. The plot of the Emperor being behind everything and manipulating Snoke from the get-go was a bit random, and I would have liked if the whole Sith cult had been built up as it would have been a stronger payoff. 
Even the hint of Finn being Force-sensitive was so poorly written that it almost seemed like it was a deleted scene left in. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Classic James. (laughs) (laughs) I ultimately am okay with where this is all left off, but I do feel like it cheapens a lot of the things that happened in Episode Eight, such as anyone being able to be a hero, which I actually liked on a second viewing. And that's that should this is Nabil speaking. This is a uh, should mean a lot coming from James since we knew his opinion originally from the first viewing. So that's that's something. Uh, if anything, this movie made me appreciate Episode Eight more because of what it brought to the table, even if I didn't agree with it all. Episode Nine mishandling of the Rose character, as well as actually rubbed as Rose, sorry, a character as well actually rubbed me the wrong way after so much backlash at Kelly Marie Tran. JJ kind of just swept her under the rug, which in a way I felt gave power to the people that had harassed her by proving a point. I will say, though, the scene between Ben and Han was hands down the best scene in the film to me, shot perfectly with some great acting. Regardless, this movie opened up my eyes and basically made me look at it from the point that perhaps this is how fans of the original trilogy felt about the prequels when they first came out. The Star Wars I know and love is gone, and as I get older, I think I'm okay with that. I still look forward to the future films and shows, but I'm tempering expectations as, like I've said before, at the end of the day, it's just a movie. Very, very touching and somber thoughts from James. We appreciate the feedback. I think it's very well said, and I'm glad we got to have James' point of view in this. His thoughts are always welcomed on this pod, obviously. He's one of the hosts. But yeah, (laughs) I I can see um, a lot of his points of view. I can see where he's coming from. And actually, to to answer James, that is kind of how we felt with the prequel trilogy uh, at first. Hopefully, like, like he said, it's just a movie, and hopefully later down the road, you know, people are just able to appreciate these movies, you know, just as they are. And to actually go off of that, I'm kind of curious on to see the legacy of these films. Uh, I mean, looking at the original trilogy, like empire, you know, it wasn't really fully appreciated for like decades afterwards. Right. So like having the next generation view these movies in this period of time, like see like new eyes instead of like being caught up in the middle of it, kind of seeing if they have a different, different perspective of the entire saga. I agree with that. And with that, uh, that ends our bonus episode two podcast for Star Wars Rise of the Skywalker. Yay! Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Sunny, for joining us. Marco, go ahead and tell the, the fans and the listeners how to uh, get a hold of us, how to find us. And also, we still got that fancy big giveaway out there. Check us out on any of our social medias on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Pod. You can like, share, or you can also send us a message and even ask to be a guest just like Sunny here, who we really appreciate having on this pod. Thank you so much, Sunny. It means a lot for you to be on this episode. Also, if you subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, you can always hit that subscribe button and you will never miss an episode. And just as Nabil was saying, we are still doing our giveaway. It goes on until the end of 2019. The pals are giving away an Oculus Go standalone virtual reality headset. Take VR to new places by winning this amazing prize. All you have to do is follow us on all three of our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at MoviePalsPod, as well as share one of our episodes and you will enter a chance to win an Oculus Go. Winner will be announced in our first episode in January 2020. And so thank you uh, once again, guys. We are going to have our next podcast in 2020, podcast number 64. We're going to be talking about the best of 2019. Uh, And again, thank you all for listening, for sharing, for subscribing, for giving your feedback. Thank you, Sunny, for joining on our last podcast of the year. Uh, We'll definitely hear from all of you guys, I'm sure, again soon. But until then... This is Nabil. And Marco. It's Sunny. Have a great time.